0: Good evening, and you're very welcome to the Town Ed podcast. It's a result in Richmond for Dundalk FC. Absolutely delighted. I don't think any of us call that on the podcast on Monday, unsurprisingly. Uh, joining us for the start tonight, we have Gali and Pingu. Gentlemen, how are we? Great. Good. good, good. I actually, I didn't get to give me a prediction. I said... Yeah, I if you two, say 2-0 Dundalk now, it doesn't count. I
1: had 2-0 Dundalk. I had no G as well in I'm so...
2: <laughs> a clean sweep of everything yeah, yeah. sh- uh,
0: that's uh, sh- thoughts thoughts on the game tonight um I presume pingu when we see you in the limo we assume that you were listening to it um on the radio on the way in so yeah
1: got well, I, I, I got to watch the first half um and then I was driving then for the second half but yeah look it, it from what I saw and what I heard I I don't want to talk too much about the performance. Look, I think the players worked hard, and I think they they were hurting, obviously, after the other day. But look, it's a results game. Brilliant result. I think I think it's a great result. I think there was a little bit of redemption for a couple of players. Still, nothing like the Dundalk we know. Um, I think that uh, I think the paths were were quite wasteful oh. in the final third. Um, but look, I, I don't want, I don't want to be as ne- too negative after one night. Yeah.
0: Um, it's this is that matches. This could be a positive podcast. You start off. With <laughs> 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 I no, think a on us for this season.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I look at getting a clean sheet. Um, we were saying just before we came on, that's our second clean sheet of the season. Yes. Um, two 0 win. Look, it's 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 a great result. That's that's really all you can say. You know. Yeah. And well, well done to Mike Bassett on picking the team as well. We went four four fucking two. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gally. Yeah, um just from clinical mentions of four four two. I think well I kind of said it before the game, it, it, it's a great result, but was what, what was the big thing for me was that the lads have now kind of gone all options. So anything kind of we were saying and anybody was crying out for. So last week they had an unchanged lineup out against Bose didn't work yep. but then tonight we go 4-4-2 four, 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 for, the, for the first time in a long time I, I think McMillan and Holborn playing together is it's not unusual you know it's we've seen it before but I, I didn't really know if it was I I don't know if they just said look it, we're just going to go for this we're going to all hands on deck but it yep. works I mean look at and like Alan Matthew said it is a positive podcast we weren't great you know I thought we. I just thought we dug in. I, th- I thought we we got the job done. We got what's needed. Like you can talk about possession and all that jazz. I know O'Brien and Watch League of Ireland. He's mm-hmm. actually very good. I was impressed. I was expecting to be very biased, but what he's saying is right. You know, parts of it a lot of the ball, but balls. Are, you know, having possession won't get you points. Won't score goals. You got to put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, and Davy Mack, done exactly yeah. what's asked awesome. it, it, It's just what we've been missing. Difference to our team though, doesn't he? Oh, massive. Like. We, I think we underrate him sometimes. I think he's, I think on his day, I he I I like honestly I actually I would actually play him ahead of Patrick Hoban simply because he gives you just a little bit extra. I think he's just a little bit clever in the box. Mm. But I mean the two of them today, Pat Hoban like in the yeah, first half really I think was, like yeah. that Pat Hoban was really yeah. oh, unbelievable. Like for someone who's been out for a couple of weeks, Hoban coming like he's been playing. You know he's obviously been looking after himself off the field fitness wise. Yeah, yeah. Look, we are we look. People I've seen, and I've seen a couple of comments. Oh, you know, we kind of got away with it. Yeah, we get away with it. But I mean, that, you know, teams, if you want to get points, you're going to have to get away with it at some stage. Like, you road, you're right, you're luck. We've said it for weeks. But this Dundalk team have to get a bit of luck. That's, they're just, yeah. you know, at the minute, we don't play a good enough game to actually go ahead and dominate teams at the minute. And tonight's just proof of that. And I thought, look at a 2 nil clean sheet, like, second clean sheet of the season. Yeah. Delighted, yeah. You have to be delighted. You can't be any but delighted after that result. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Steph, welcome. Sorry, man. You're all right. We with no. some techni- technical difficulties there, but we got we got technical through them.
0: And your five kids. I know one of them's bound to play up somewhere here, so you're grand. You're grand. <laughs> no, um, um your your action to the game tonight. Do you get to see it tonight?
3: Yeah. Um look, I think. Playing against some of the teams that dominate possession more than we do suits us down to the ground. We can counteract them. Um, I like everyone. Everyone showed up tonight. I don't think anybody had a bad game really. Uh, They all put in a shift. Even Val coming in at left full Mm -hmm. after after having a tough game. What game was it? it? Was after the Longford game? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I thought he was thrown in yeah. sort of at the deep end, but tonight he stood up. He I don't know if he had a shaky start or not, but he was I thought he was excellent. Um
0: yeah, I think I think first half he he, he looked like he was under a bit of pressure, but yeah it's got into the game a lot more and you know, especially when you've got somebody like you know John Mountney bombing on your wing against yeah. you, you. know, yeah, he's a happy he seems experienced to... as well. I think he 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 showed a lot of experience to, to settle into the game and, and to, to shackle him back, you know.
3: Yeah, I think he grew more into it. Like, what, for a nineteen year old kid to play his third or fourth game possibly. Mm. Like I thought it was excellent. Uh Boiler who's struggled in recent weeks. I know we everyone's saying he's still injured and stuff like that, but he was quality again and, and look, if you have two or three at the back playing very well, you're gonna you're gonna um shut them out. Like I know they're unlucky, but like Rovers seem to be blunt and attack a bit. I think we mentioned at the start of the season that if coughlin didn't really score goals they might struggle the yeah. sort of picking up the pieces from midfield uh so far like with benson and Forrester are chipping in with some goals and um, mm-hmm. but but look it's, it's positive like i think like i think playing against some of the teams that might dominate the ball more than we do actually suits us down to the ground especially with the like the attackers have space then instead of them sitting in when when our attackers get space, like McIlhenny, like do you know, makes a massive massive difference. If we, if we get crowded out, we struggle a little bit, struggle to break teams down. But
0: look, it's, if, it's, if you're going fast tonight, if you're a man in a match, I'm gonna let you know now, He's an uphill struggle to win it against Andy Boyle, who don't. I think had a real solid match tonight.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't, like look. I nearly pulled it back the last time, so I'm gonna give a rally and call again. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Not this time. Um, look, I think I think it's a toss up between Boyle and Val. Like just for the yeah. fact, that, yeah, I think. Look, we're we're getting yeah. into this a bit early. Like, is it the, the show's wrapping up early tonight? So here's the man of <laughs> yeah. the match. It's,
0: it's the break in the season. We're all wrapping up this early you now. <laughs> look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Darren, Darren Meaning's already on, and he sent about twenty-seven comments slagging me off. So I'm yeah, gonna bath, I'm gonna batter him when I see him. I was week. worried
0: because he thought you were kicked out of the sitting room, but it's all right.
3: Yeah, I am in the in the, I'm in the kitchen. It's all right, we'll <laughs> yeah. find somewhere if he has to go down to the shed.
0: Yeah, lads, this is going to be an absolute runaway. Look, just to remind everybody, we do have our man in the match competition um, in conjunction with Tony's Pizzeria, and uh, we have a free. Fifteen inch pizza, if you um comment in now which are a man of the match award, we will also pick ours and if the winner is not fat tonight, <laughs> which is a very good chance, <laughs> um we will pick the winner in conjunction with ours and and um, I see you will be a winner of a fifteen inch pizza. It's Friday night, which means we can give away a free pizza with no no mugs tonight. Tony's <laughs> um, pizza, yeah and <laughs> um, i think in the interest of keeping the show on the road we will bring in our first guest it's very fitting that that BB keeps his first clean sheet um ever for our club just as we're uh, about to bring in an absolute legend between the sticks for dundalk football club uh, a warm welcome to the podcast to alan o'neill how are you
4: I'm doing really well, lads. Thank you very much for the intro. Yeah, <laughs> uh, We
0: invited the word, obviously, with a BB before coming in because it clearly paid off.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, It was nice to get a clean sheet. Only uh, as I saw Dundalk's second clean sheet of the season, but yeah. uh, it was it was a few hairy moments. But yeah, it was nice to get the clean sheet. And
0: um, I, I suppose. Much like ourselves, Alan, we're we're looking at far on at Dunfermline Football Club this year. I mean, what have you made of the season so far?
4: Um, it's been very disappointing, I have to say. I mean, tonight's performance I thought was really good. I thought I saw uh, the old guard being mentioned, and like when you have the likes of Chris Shields, Andy Boyle, uh, Patrick Hoob, and David McMillan in the side. There, there, there's quality in that team there's 6-7 players that you would have on any team
5: mm-hmm.
4: um, the new lads coming in, any new lads coming in are going to take time to settle but like in the, you only have to look at the performances in the last week, you beat Rovers, you beat Pats and you get absolutely hammered by bows on Monday, <laughs> Monday night and you think, you know, what's happening it's yeah. so, I think, what's happening off the pitches can also impact on what's happening on the pitch as well there's so much uncertainty about the club at the moment. Um, I think that does feed down into the players. But there's no doubt the quality in that side. There's, yeah. there's good League of Ireland lads who have won. They're winners. They know how to win. And you yeah. could see it tonight. I think Patrick Cooban coming back into the side, he added that extra bit of class up front. David McMillan will always score goals. He's a, he's a poacher supreme. Yeah. But you you, Patrick's class in both goals. He, he fed in like he was instrumental in both goals, the lead of the both goals. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully they they can build on the two performances and forget about the Bowe's performance. But, uh, it's a long season. It's a, it's a long season still to go. I saw a stat there coming up. 11 of the 17 points have been won against the top four teams. I'm not surprised, really, because they can compete against anyone. The quality is there; There's no doubt about it. Yeah,
3: yeah. I suppose it's the it's the big games or the easy ones to get get yourself up for. It's yeah. the the lesser sort of teams. You're sort of saying you need a bit of consistency uh-huh. and put in the put in but the, the chef.
4: They, they, You're looking to your big players as well. The lads know, like you're talking about your senior players. Well, right? they know what it takes to win leagues. It's never against you. Don't win leagues against the top teams. Yeah, if you hold your own against the top teams and you beat the lesser teams, that's how you win leagues. If you look yeah. at it down through the years, you don't. You, you got to hold your own against the top three, top four, but then you have to be consistent and ruthless against the teams that are not not as good as you. And that's yeah. you're not you're not wrong. That's where they've fallen down so far this season. The managerial situation at the start of the season hasn't helped, but I think with Jim McGilton there, it seems to have settled down a bit over the last couple of weeks. If you if you ignore the ball's result. There is a sort of a a consistency about it, um, mm. but it's a long, it's, it's a long long season. I think if you're going to bring a manager in or if you're going to say Jimmy Jilton is the manager for the rest of the season, the decision needs to be made quickly so players know exactly where they stand. And if yeah. it's Jimmy Jilton, yeah, let's get on with it. But if yeah. you're bringing someone else in, I mean, I'm reading about Jimmy Guinness and all the rest and these names being bandied about, David Healy was being bandied about. If someone is coming in, bring them in. But, you know, get rid of the uncertainty. Jimmy Chilton is the manager for the rest of the season. Fine, let's get on with it. People know where they stand then. We we had a lot of
0: guests on here, Alan. and A lot of them have often commented that this uncertainty around the managerial position can lead to inconsistency with the players because they're not being held accountable in any way. I mean, look, we think, would I be right in saying it was Turlock O'Connor brought you to Dundalk? I mean, you've, like, there's, man, was an absolute legend. That's right, legend. yeah, yeah, yeah. like an absolute legend yeah. uh, with our club. Like, and you know what it's like playing, I'm sure, there's plenty of games where you just got up just to play for a manager like that. Is that part of what we're missing yeah,
4: this yeah. year? I mean as I said, it's the uncertainty, but you do players do start with themselves like you can, you're responsible for your own for your own performance. So it does start with the players. but with all the uncertainty, that feeds into uncertainty with players as well. It does there's no doubt about it. So it's not helping the situation and that's why I'm saying is if Jim Magilton is to be the manager for the rest of the season, make that decision. Then it removes the uncertainty. You know who the manager is. The players know who it is for the rest of the season. When you think of the situation at the start of the season, you had the the manager, Giovanni. He was supposedly not the manager. Shane Keegan was supposedly the manager. And you're getting mixed messages. And then you're seeing instructions coming down from the stand. It's, It's not good from a player's point of view. It does feed into that uncertainty. There's no question about it. So as I say... If Jimmy Jilton is to be the manager for the rest of the season, make that a statement, make that announcement, make it happen.
3: You know, I suppose a ready made excuse for the players. If things aren't going well, they can just throw that up. Look, we don't have a manager, we've nobody showing the way. So, look, it needs to get sorted. And hopefully, it's done over the over the break now that they have time was, to well, sort two it. two weeks
4: so. now coming up. You're right. You're 100% right. And players can hide behind it, they can be hired. But. um. Make the decision. It's important that it happens in the next two weeks because there's still a lot of football to be played. There's a hell of a lot of football still to be played by the end of the season. You know, and there's points being dropped. I'm not saying, I I, I think Dundalk are too far behind now at this stage to win it. But there's a lot of inconsistency. Like Sligo have come, Rovers, we all thought we were going to run away. I thought Rovers were going to run away with it. Three weeks ago, I I thought they were going to run away. Then all of a sudden, now they're not even top of the table. So, it's good for the league, though, isn't it? what? It's
0: good for the league, though, that you know Rovers aren't running away with it.
4: Absolutely, I mean, bucco has done a great job at Sligo. There's no two ways about it. He's done a great job, and they're they're pushing. and And you're right. It's good that no one team. And it's a new t- new teams coming through. Like it's great to see Sligo. I mean, over the last what 10, 12 years, you had the Cork Dundalk axis. They were shared in the league. Dundalk could win it. Cork could win it. Then it went Dundalk and Rovers. But it's nice to see other teams coming through as well. And yeah. particularly when it's not a, a, a Dublin team as well. It's out in the country. you know. Well, it's, mm. the Dublin teams haven't been doing it, let's be honest, until Rovers yeah. in the last two seasons. Mm. It's been corked and dock And then you're going out west with, with Sligo. I think it's great for the league mm. um, to yeah. have the more teams involved, the better.
0: Yeah, I think... Um, Having your cell phone, we you know, the, the burning question, I'm sure, for, for everyone watching in and listening back will be your view on the goalkeeping situation this year. And uh, you know, there, there's always a stat, Alan, when you when you came in with Dundalk, it was the worst position to have was your understudy because you never got on. Because you were just constantly <laughs> Yes,
4: I did have a run of games all right. <laughs> when, when, when you
0: did get out, yeah. About, well, quickly, Half these games, you know, each keeper's got a shot at both of them. It's, it's a very strange scenario, isn't
4: it? It is. I mean, with the new lad coming in, the BB coming in, I mean, and I, I do have a certain... Uh, I, I understand the position of a new goalkeeper coming into Dundalk. You're following in the, the footsteps of Gary Rogers, an absolute legend of the game over the last, last decade. I was in a similar position when I went to Dundalk. And I have to say, the first couple of games... I wasn't at my best. I was following on Richie, an absolute legend in Dundalk. And it's unsettling. You've got to go up there and you've got to make a name. And this lad of has come over from Italy, doesn't know probably anything about the League of Ireland. So it does take a while to settle in. And so I do have certain sympathies for him, although it worries me. Like even tonight's performance, um, Andy Boyle, Chris Shields at the back were immense. But every time the ball went in the air to the box, the heart was in your mouth a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know he yeah, came yeah. and took one cross brilliantly, but the rest oh, yeah. there was a bit of flapping, and you were wondering, oh, you got away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, slightly concerned, and then you had Peter Terry got in for a couple of games as well. And it's never, it's it's never a great position. you don't know who number one. I do feel someone has to challenge. You can't have someone that you're no matter what you do, you're number one. Mm. but if you look at the situation of Manchester United as well the, they don't know who the number one goalkeeper is is yeah. it the Heia, is it the Henderson, Henderson that's yeah. unsettling for both of them then. they get in, they make a mistake and they're oh am I gone, so it is unsettling BB now has been given a run of games for the last couple of games mm. hasn't been the most con- convincing and I think that's unsettling for the back four luckily tonight, you the likes of Chris you the uh, Andy Boyle done really well the left back and the the two the the whole back forward and well tonight i thought um but it is it's a worrying it's worrying that you know how long will he take to settle in he still doesn't see he still seems very unsure of himself
3: you see he comes across as very nervous especially with the crosses like i'm i'm not a goalkeeper myself like but he just
4: well you saw yeah he's, he's not confident i was watching him actually I was watching before corner kicks were taken and he was more into he was concentrating more on forwards pushing forwards away from him rather than the ball you know yeah. mm. your, your main focus for a corner kick free kick has to be the ball you know you <laughs> have to be aware of what's around you certainly so yeah. i think he is he's unsure of himself there's no question about that he is unsure and that Passes on to the back four as well, but as I said, the two lads, uh, Andy Boyle and Chris Shields, were immense. The 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 centre of the the, the dog defence tonight. but it's a it's worrying. Yeah,
0: I think, I think um, it was interesting. Sorry,
3: Steph. No, I was just gonna gonna mention that uh, Jim Middleton sort of said during the week that you know the way are sort of going to be looking for a keeper during during the window in July, so. Have you, have you looked around the league yourself? Do you think there's any prospects there that could step in? Well, who's
4: gonna, yeah, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said Brian Murphy when he was given the cold shoulder down in Waterford. Get him up immediately. No yeah. question about it. You're guaranteed he's, he's a quality goalkeeper. There are good goalkeepers in the league. There's no question. There are. But whether they'd be released, I mean, McGinty, uh, McGinty at Sligo, excellent. The past yeah. lad tonight is very the, the the standard is quite good, but you're not just yeah. going to be able to go out to a League of Ireland club and say we want your goalkeeper. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to be tied down for the season, so you're still probably going to be relying on known somewhere in another country. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I, I maybe if you're looking at another goalkeeper, but you can't just start say you're going to look at another League of Ireland goalkeeper because they're going to be tied down for the season. No one is going to be tied down for six months or half the season.
0: And we don't want to get a number another number two keeper because I think that's what Jerry was originally brought in for wasn't he uh, be back. I think it? so. I think so.
4: Well th- there is of course the option of um with with the season like up north, maybe just goalkeepers up north. I don't know. I don't know. But I think they need an out and out definite number one. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a goalkeeper as I can as I can vouch for goalkeeping is a very important position. <laughs> <laughs> you need your goalkeeper at the top of his game. But if you look at all the... Any any leagues, cups that are won, you have to have a good goalkeeper. You won't win one with a dodgy, dodgy one. Now, um, the lad, as I said, he's only new to the country. He's only settled it in, but it's worrying. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know, we were talking about the goalkeeping position um, just there now, but it, to be fair, true injuries and maybe just poor form or whatever there's been a lot of changes in this dundalk team this year and i'm just thinking back to you know we had martin Lawler on here a few weeks ago and and he always said that the strength in a lot of his teams was you could pick the back four or five straight away never changed everybody knew their roles everyone knew their positions that got something to do with it here as well alan we're just popping and changing too
4: much absolutely that it's unsettling because when you're, when you're playing with a settled back four, everyone knows everyone else's game, you know? And as Martin said, we, we had a very settled back four at, 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 at our time in the club. So that's unsettling for everyone. So settling for the goalkeeper. But tonight, I thought the two experienced lads definitely took commands. Andy Boyle and Christian. They definitely took commands. No question yeah. about it. And it is unsettling, particularly for new lads coming in as well. You The left-back and the right-back, two new lads. It's unsettling. You, you, um, so you do need to get a settle back for, and then results aren't going. When results aren't going your way, that's a further unsettling uh, yeah. fact as well. You know, but hopefully it, they can build on the two the two results from the last two Fridays and forget the, the Monday. Yeah, that's the I big think, one.
3: Yeah, Martin Lola said he still has a headache from you shouting at him.
4: <laughs> <We> did actually. <laughs> how, how I'm, I'm looking at goalkeepers nowadays. They don't shout. I mean, I yeah. used to come off at the end of a match. Someone would say to you, "You didn't get much to do today," and I'd be absolutely hoarse <laughs> from talking yeah. and shouting. And I mean, from concentrating, and I had, I'd have a headache. And I, you know, I got nothing to do. I just, <laughs> and I do yeah. think it's a it's it's a part of goalkeeping that isn't as prominent as it should be because there's, you're still the main organiser. You should be the eyes for your back four, not just your back four, your whole defence, your wide players as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do feel that goalkeepers aren't commanding enough. They should be assert. I, I look at the Hay again, another prime example during the week. Never opens his mouth.
5: Mm, Never yeah.
4: opens his mouth, you know, and I think it's important that you do because you're contributing to everyone else's game. I mean, I, I I met. I remember meeting a lad I, when I was finished. The last club I was with, I played at the season with Sligo Rovers, uh, and Mark Hutchinson was a left back. And uh, first time I met, him, I met him, a couple of a couple of years later, and the first thing he says to me, watch your back, because I was constantly at him. Watch your back. Watch your back. Cover. Cover. And, you know that's the way it was. That's, that's the first thing he said to me. Watch your back. Cover. Cover. <laughs> It's, it's a part of the game that I think it's an important part of a goalkeeper's game because not alone does it help others, it helps your concentration as well. Yeah, I suppose just, you're
0: in a goalkeeping's always that position, you know, that you do the best for you on the pitch because everyone's playing in front of you. You can literally see everything. You, don't, you, you shouldn't be turning your back to see anybody. Um, but, you know, no, and, and, and therefore you, you can see play happening much quicker than anyone else. So you can see a gap coming before absolutely. most people can.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's and you're the eyes and ears of the whole team at times, you know. And you have to, you have to. But as I say, it's your concentration. I used to come alive when it was a corner kick for us. You know, because you'd be organizing at the back. You have to yeah. organize. That's your that's your game. It's not about yeah, it's a corner for us. But what whoever said the two lads at the back, are they just hands on hips watching what's going to happen? Not if I was playing behind them, they were in. Oh Yeah. Confidently yeah. in their ear. I mean, and it was nearly a compliment if they turned around and told you to shut up. You know, yeah. that was a compliment.
3: <laughs> You're know, looking for them to do that. like.
4: Yeah, yeah, it means they're listening.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know that's what Martin Lawler actually said when when Everston was going down the left or something. He said that's when you'd be, you know, barking orders at them. Yeah. You know, yeah, shuffle left, w- watch the striker in behind,
4: and, you know. Yeah, and, like, the- yeah, and a ball coming into the, like, <laughs> Your ball coming in, you were always like assuming, as a goalkeeper, you assume the worst. So that's why you're constantly: if we lose the ball, you be ready. You be ready. So if the two centre halves are going, or one of the centre halves going up to the, going up for a ball, as a goalkeeper, you're thinking he's going to miss it. Yeah. You know, when you're set, you can never assume that the good things. You've got to always think negatively that the worst thing. What's the worst that can happen if the centre half going up to at a ball? He'll miss it. So you've got to be on your toes the whole time, ready for what's going to happen.
3: Sort of proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, Re-
4: exactly. That's the whole thing. It's proactive. Like, and it's, it's it's the way it's, it's a thought process. Um, I mean, I'm watch when I'm watching games, I'm looking, where's the goalkeeper? You know, ball over the top on the telly and you're saying, where is he? He should be out <laughs> there. You know, he should be concentrating. He should be playing the game, thinking about it. Sometimes they're just standing back on their line or whatever. But look, okay. It doesn't change. I still think that way watching games. (laughs) Can we
0: imagine you yelling at your TV now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I (laughs) I love it. It must be be the most goalkeeping um, conversation ever. You know, typical typical goalkeeper, we have a corner and you're yelling more than probably most people (laughs) on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Or, or, you know, we're going forward and and you're, you're the one that's still yelling the most, like, you know... Defenders must have absolutely
4: loved you. Oh, they did. they did. But I genuinely used come off of an after-match horse. I went to work on Monday and I couldn't talk really from, from all the show. But look, that was something I liked. I was quite proud of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose something that the, the Dundalk teams, Alan, that you played with shares some similarities to Dundalk teams of late is, is a double-winning team. Yeah. um and, and double winning teams aren't easy you know it's it's a very hard feat to come up against i mean over well, your name off some of the players and um, from that 87 88 team that you were with i mean they are household box office names and um, to play it must have been an absolute dream to be playing in that team
4: oh absolutely they were i mean there were some incredible players in the team like you know we start we mentioned martin what a defender you know, Martin, yeah. um, Gino Lawless. And these were all players that Turluck, well, G- Martin was there all right. Turluck brought along himself, Gino, Terry everston Terry Everston, one yes. of the best forwards ever to play in the league. And, and Turlough signed him. I don't know, he got him for next to nothing. Gino was the same, was finished at uh, at, at Bowles. You had Martin Martin Murray in the middle of the park. What a player. I mean, he just oozed class. Martin used glide by players. He had no pace whatsoever, but he just glided by them. Larry Wise in the middle of the park, and then you had Desi Desi Gorman and the great, late Barry Kyo. I mean, what a side we had. Some great, great players. But players, I always say, there was players there that you want in the trenches with you. You know when you were up in a battle and when things weren't going for you? These are players who dig something out of nothing for you. Great, great lads and great memories. I mean, I look back so fondly on them years between the 87, 88 team and then the 91 team. Yeah, Great, great lads. Great players to play with and so much ability. You know, it was great. Did both both teams
0: have a lot of similar characteristics, do you think? Or was it just, you know, different types of characters in both and both of them ended up with success, obviously? To, yeah, well, I,
4: mean, I I'd say probably football-wise, the 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 '88 team, or I mean, with the likes of Martin Murray and, and Larry Wise, great great players, great players on the ball. Um, the '91 team was it? I mean, the the defense that year was like I think we conceded sixteen goals in thirty three games, and five was in the first game, so it was phenomenal. <laughs> but but it, the fact that we conceded five in the first game and then conceded eleven and thirty two. It just shows you. Someone we, we got together after that first game, obviously. But <laughs> I mean, so many great players and great league of Ireland players. Um, yeah. Differences. Yeah. We, Peter Hanron in the second, we lost Desi, but they were like for like nearly as yeah. well. Um, Gino moved from the back four, he moved into midfield. So you hadn't got that. We weren't, uh, although we were still an excellent midfield, but you didn't have the sort of the silken skills of Martin Murray and Larry Wise. But by God, were they effective? The likes of Gino there and Tom McNulty in the middle of the park. Uh, I'd have both midfields any day of the week. Great, I think think Tom McNulty nearly chipped in at about
0: 10 goals that year, didn't
4: he? He did. And obviously, he chipped in with the most important one on the last day of the the season. You know, that was the most important. But yeah, he had that ability to arrive late. And great legs on him, great engine. Uh, questionable at his tackling, some of it was really good. Questionable, would like to have been on the other <laughs> end <of it? laughs> on the ends of some of those. Alan, <laughs> I think they
2: were all GBA, <laughs> Yeah,
4: Great player, great player. But no, it was great, it was great to be involved, really was a great time. And I mean, I think finally back on that last day down in Cork, what, a, what yeah. an occasion that was. I was just going to ask <laughs> you about down it down there,
0: yeah. I, I did, like, was it just one of those things that you know. There was so much writing on it. It, it to be just a one goal, you know. Like it, it, if you were writing a story about it, it, it had all the characteristics right there, didn't oh,
4: absolutely. it? Absolutely, and have everything. Cork led the, led the league the whole season until the mm-hmm. last match, which also meant reverse. I always tell this story that when we were when we were there, we you'd, at the start of the season you'd organise your bonuses, your win bonuses, and your top win bonus was when you were on top of the table. We didn't get that for the last match of the season. (laughs) 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 The last match of the season. The directors were thrilled with us. (laughs) But, yeah, you had the whole thing in in Cork where, I mean, I I saw a rerun of the game there. Only recently, the highlights. and The late Noel Mahoney was interviewed late after the game, and he started saying, well, the whole country wanted us to win because they wanted Cork to win, and it probably wasn't right that Dundalk that didn't matter to us, you know. Our lads were. We we knew going down there we had every chance, every chance. And like when you look at the lads I mentioned, have them in your side, you knew you were in with a great chance. They were up. I mean, it was a full house down on Turner's Cross, eleven thousand. The pressure was really on them. Well, no, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say the pressure was really. On. The pressure was on both teams because you want mm-hmm. to win a league, so you can't say the pressure was on them. But I think there was more pressure on them because. They nearly expected to win that day. Mm. And they, they were a great side. But um what an occasion. I mean I, I still remember the, the down the the, the the um the far end of Turnus Cross, full of black and white. Oh there must have been four or five thousand on dog supporters there that day. What an atmosphere. It was just brilliant, brilliant. And the trip I said, was when I saw good. the highlights, I actually got goosebumps on the back of my neck just watching them, you know, because it brings you back to the time. You just relive it all. It was just fabulous. Class. Uh, and
0: the trip back home was, was memorable too, yeah?
4: Absolutely. I don't remember much of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was great. Yeah. Not, I mean, yeah. when we talk about the trip home, the one after, after the, the Cork wasn't as good as the one after we won the double. Because when really? we went back after the double up to Dundalk, that yes. night it was, um, oh, I right. mean, Hill Street was just a sea of black and white and sea of people and then the, the bus going through the town. Oh, no, that was... There was nothing ever like that. I would never witnessed anything, never experienced anything like that. That was just off the scale. That was amazing. We'll live Dude, with me. Funny, I mean, we, we take we, it to we, the box.
0: We were talking um, over the past few weeks about, you know, and I know COVID hasn't helped, but just that connection between the club and the community here in Dundalk. I mean did you i suppose you you felt it so much for uh, for the length of time you were here at the club you know how, how much that the club means to this town
4: oh absolutely and that's that's a huge thing and that that was a privilege to play for dundalk that was such a privilege because you were you were playing for a whole town i mean i played probably half my career 50 50 between rovers and dundalk and the difference playing for rovers there, wa- there was a community, don't get me wrong, there was some really loyal, the exact same supporters at Rovers as you'd have at Dundalk, who eat, drink and sleep. As one of them, I always remember one of the lads, Mick Cairns from Rovers, saying, if you cut me, there'd be green blood coming out of me. <laughs> you know? And that's, you know, it's, it's the same theory, but when you play for Dundalk, everyone was interested. The whole town, you were playing for the whole town. Even mm-hmm. those people who wouldn't be interested in soccer or interested in uh, football, you were playing for them as well because when you won, you knew it impacted on them as well. Yeah. Whereas you wouldn't have the same impact on a city team. I, I mentioned Sligo. Sligo would be another club like that where soccer is the number one game in the town. Yeah, I know GAA is big in Dundalk, but soccer is still the big, the big oh, yeah. thing in Dundalk. Yeah. But you can feel that. You always got that. You always got that feeling. So when you won it, you won it for the whole town. It was brilliant.
3: Just the community sense and everyone together, and it makes it that much better if you win.
4: Absolutely, because as I say, you're winning it for everyone, and everyone shares in it. You know, if yeah. you win in a Dublin team, you have certainly your 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 smaller group, and they're just as I say, they're just as passionate as as the Dundalk people. But it's not the whole town; it's everyone. That's yeah. what I loved about it. You know, that thinking back on the Hill Street and the reception we got. I mean, most of the people and. were there after the reception wouldn't be in oriel park you know there wouldn't be more oriel park every week but when you won it it meant something to them it meant something was putting dundalk on the map not not just dundalk football club dundalk the whole town was on the map and Mm. that was huge and and you got that feeling and, and i always got that feeling i always felt very privileged
0: Alan, speaking of, speaking of maps, um, I remember chatting to you um, off air. We were we were talking about how there used to be, you know, representation from the league um, in Olympic qualifi- qualifiers and things like that. And I mean, you got to play uh, ac- across the globe. It, 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 I mean, tell us a wee bit about the stories, tell us the places that you've got to play, because we we oh. were saying that it's something that's badly missed.
4: Oh, Like I I maintain, like I'm not sure I would be able to play currently now because it's gone full time. It is a full-time league, lads don't have jobs. I played when you had a job and you had your part-time football. But as you mentioned like, I mean, I've been all, football has been so good to me, I've been so lucky. My very first trip as an 18 year old at Rovers was to Japan for 10 days. I've been to Brazil, I've been to Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, America, and all over Europe on top of that. New Zealand, what a trip that was with the League of Ireland. Back in 1982, three weeks in New Zealand, just Which phenomenal I mean, stuff. And the like, and you built up. Right, I mean, the camaraderie. That trip to New Zealand. Jim McLaughlin was the manager. You would all the Dundalk lads: Tommy Mike, uh, Paddy Dunning, Pop Flanagan, um, the late Sean Bourne. They were, you know, but you were all one. It was just, it was just brilliant. And when you went on the trips, that was our taste of full time football. That was when you trained every day and you played your matches, and it was just brilliant. And you mentioned the Olympics. That was probably the pinnacle, because yeah. uh, it was a League of Ireland selection, and we were playing against pro- we were playing against full time professionals. I think we were in a group with Sweden, France, Hungary, ourselves, and Spain. So what a group to be in! I think we finished third in the group. We beat we beat France, who were the Olympic holders. Yeah. At home, we had a fabulous. 3 0 victory against them and drew two-all away. So we had some great performance. We drew twice with Spain.
5: Mm. Now they wouldn't be
4: the top <coughs> La Liga players, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But they were younger, younger uh, players with the top teams. What an experience! And it was around. That was around the the, the late 80s. So we were playing with. There would would be a, a spring. There was three or four from Dundalk, the likes of Martin, myself, Gino, Terry. And then you were with the Rovers lads, Pat Bourne, Mick Neville, Mick Bourne, Noel Larkin. What a team! What an experience to play at that level. It was because it was the next level up, and you were playing international football. It was just brilliant. I mean, when I look back on my career, and I just the first thing I think of how lucky I was to have experienced to win, to play for the clubs I did, to play for Dundalk, to play for Rovers, to be successful, and then to see the world. How lucky was I? You know, you just have to be grateful. Yeah.
3: And really. um, I was just going to say, so you just played Sweden out there. Is that where the Swedish jersey that's came from? That's where the jersey,
4: and I still have the jersey, by the way. I still have it. I must. Somebody give it texted it already there, all right. <laughs> yeah, but that's where the jersey came from. And uh, because I, played, I I was quite superstitious, and I, uh, we we got beaten 1-0 in the 93rd minute over in Sweden, but I had a particularly good game so if i had a good game i'd say well yeah i like that jersey and it was the jersey was a it was an adidas jersey which all the top yeah. european yeah. gold viewers were wearing so i said i'll have a piece of this so this was the the double team so i, I can't remember who sponsored the, the gear um i can't remember who sponsored the gear at the time but they weren't too happy because i was wearing this adidas jersey every week probably o'neill's one was it it wasn't O'Neill's, no, no, I can't remember. Um, but, um, so we're going all the way in the cup as well. We're into the semi-final and I'm still wearing the Adidas jersey. And no, and Harp weren't happy either because there was no logo on the jersey. So uh, we're coming up to the cup final and Turlock comes up to me and he says, hey, can I have a word? Yeah, yeah, no problem, Turlock. You know that jersey? I said, Turlock, I'm wearing it, I don't care. No, no, he says, you can wear it, you can wear it. Would you let them put the harp sign on it? So I thought about it. Said, okay, yeah, put the harp sign on it. So the harp sign is still on it now. So, but it was a, yeah, there was a bit of a conciliatory gesture on my part So that I put harp on it. So uh, yeah, but we still had a clean sheet. So it did. It was the it
0: was it's the, the, the
4: logo that matter, the, the extra logo. Uh, yeah, classic. that was the logo. Commented in there. I think it was Eros was the yeah. It was Eros. It was yeah. Eros. That's right. Um, they were they were sponsored. And and fairness, they were very good about it. They they got they got my lucky charm. Um they got the way I was thinking. But uh, uh, yeah. it came to a head when particularly when the cup final was televised live on the telly, so they wanted their piece and yeah, yeah, they, of course. Eros gave in to us, gave in to me. And heart got their way then with the chip. And Harp got their way. And they got their way. So we all kind of happy. And we had a double. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Say there was plenty of half-drank, after.
4: Oh, there certainly was. That was a (laughs) night and a half. That sure was. That was a great night. Oh, What memories. What memories. They were great.
0: Um, Alan, look, just thanks so much for your time here tonight. As well, just to finish up, where... I mean where where do you where does this Dundalk team go this year? I mean, is there is there an outside chance of Europe? Do you think do we need that fourth spot to be available for Europe to stand any chance, I suppose?
4: I think so. I think so. But I mean performances like tonight, you know, and depends on what, you know, other teams are doing. If other teams are taking points off each other, anything can happen. I can't see I, I think Dundalk are too far behind to win the league. But uh so it's still all to play for, and then you still have the cup to play for as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of football still to be played. And when when you look at tonight's performance, the nucleus of a team is there. There's no question. There's a lot of lot of talent, a lot of class in that team. Mm-hmm. Um, it can happen, as I said earlier. If the uncertainty can be removed and say, look, this is what we're doing. So, as you say, there's no there's no excuses. No one can have any excuses. Let's yeah. just focus yeah. in on what, what has to be done. I think there's it's a lot of play for Europe. is not out of the question. Definitely not, in my opinion.
2: Do you think you could give us a lend of the jersey? The Swedish jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might just get somebody to replicate it, maybe, and just get to replace <laughs> it. On. Just
4: shows the quality of it. It's still going strong. What is it, 40, 30 years on? 30-odd yeah, years it's on? A, it's a classic. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I can't yeah. see Umbro
0: definitely won't let us do that, though.
4: No, I don't <laughs> it was a one-off. It was a one-off.
0: <laughs> yeah, Alan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really Thanks, do appreciate
4: lads. it, um, Cheers, Alan. and welcome back
0: and um, throughout, throughout the season. If you're if there's ever a chance that you're free again, we'd love to have you. Oh, back.
4: absolutely, I would love it. I really enjoyed it, really, and I really enjoyed reliving the old days as well. I mean, it's always great to think of the great times. I, as I say, I was so fortunate to have played when I did up in the dark Great times and loved every bit of it, every minute of it. Great, 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 great memories, and not just the players, supporters as well. Because as we said earlier, you were playing for them, but they let you know you were playing for them. We were <laughs> playing well, you knew. <laughs> you know, great, great. So remember them
0: Alan, thank you so much. As I say, you're more there's than welcome man. back. Again. Especially if there's a clean sheet every time you're on, you're
4: oh, absolutely on your own yeah. Office. If you're if you're struggling for a clean sheet, you know where I am. <laughs> <me a> <laughs> Cheers, Alan. Nice, well. Alan. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
0: Could I done with him for the start of the season? In goal, yeah.
2: <laughs> and and the way uh, the way I
0: can't take anything.
2: <laughs> it's similar. It's similar to Martin Law. The way you know that privilege of playing you know that you know it's a privilege to play for the club and that's not that I'm saying the current squad don't think like that but it, it doesn't kind of show sometimes you know you know this is you're playing for the town I know result, tonight's result is the same but um that kind of mentality really needs to get into some bottles and like, drink it down in the, the dress room because that's that's what we're missing at the minute I think and yeah it's great to hear like it's I was—I didn't talk at all. I was engrossed. See, when people like that come on, I just get completely engrossed in what they're saying. But yeah, brilliant! What a legend! What a—he so was, was the first goalkeeper I ever seen playing really well. Mm. Um, unbelievable! Unbelievable! Same, right. Deadly! Class! I thought I'd seen you with the popcorn now, yeah. Could you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it again? Again? And who came in after him? Uh, well, he gave Van
2: you boxing. the answer for the first one. Van Boxen, Van Boxen, Van Boxen, Was it? On after? Yeah, yeah.
0: Eddie Van Boxen,
2: it? Yeah, that ledge, he won't be coming on. we <laughs> <laughs> <You> collect <all.
3: laughs> Oh, Jesus. We all go there lads. We all go there.
2: <laughs> yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Um, look, we'll, we'll
0: move on. Um, we have our second guest um, ready to come on. Um this man um, sat beside me in the press box for for many a year in between Jerry Malone, so you can you can imagine the stories that God <laughs> we had to listen to, because not that we got to say anything. Um A big welcome to the
6: uh, podcast for Kevin Riley. Kevin, how are you? Not a so bad lads. You just can hear me there, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect.
3: all good, Pat. Uh,
6: yeah, guys, we... just a few things there with Alan and I had I had the privilege of of interviewing Alan. Um, before a, a Rover's game a couple of years ago, I think it could, was it the night it was nil nil. It was the year they won the double in two thousand and eighteen. Um, I think it was that game, uh, and then obviously Martin Lawler as well. Like they're they're fascinating guys to listen to, and um, maybe it's it's a guy to to recommend for you. As, um, I remember describing him as, as Teak Tough James Call as well, because um, oh, yeah. I, I, around Probably. this time last year, um, I would have spoken to a lot of those former players and like uh, one thing that, that Andrew said and I was thinking about it myself if you could just instil some of that desire and sort of respect for the club and into maybe some of the players that are there at the moment um, you know considering the I'm not going to say the state of the league this year but I actually think it's it's a much weaker league um, and I think it's, it's more a reflection on the standard generally fallen that we're looking at a Pats team tonight that we're being spoken of in terms of the title. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose you you wouldn't rule them out. They're, they're not that far off the top um, at the moment. Certainly sitting a lot prettier than Dundalk. Um, but I think that's I think that's the most damning indictment that Dundalk have invested so much. Mm-hmm. This year, particularly in this year's team, and like, that Rovers team is not as good as last year. Like, like I always thought Jack Bourne sort of his, uh, you know, the, the hysteria around him was exactly that. Like he, he, he was a good player, but you know, I, I <laughs> some of them, he was like a godlike figure, in, in some people's eyes, but like losing him and McInniff out of that team, um, like they're. Essentially irreplaceable. I know they've brought in Mandarin and, and tried to move Ronan Finn back in, but that rover seems not as strong.
4: Um, mm. Buckley's
6: obviously Eventually done a very it definitely isn't. No, no, and like Liam Buckley has done a very good job at Sligo. He's, he's got a lot of good pros in there. Um, obviously Gary Buckley got sent off at Oriel Park a couple of weeks ago, but but mm. players like, like him, you know, previously mm. when in guys with with lots of experience like to have a goal scorer in, in, in parks that um you know they they've been few and far between, sort of, clinical goal scores. And when you're factoring in the docs, still probably have the two best goal scorers in the league. And yeah. look where they are. Um, but maybe tonight is is um is the sign of better things to come, I suppose. Just mm-hmm. on on tonight's game, I think one word that I think represents it is is workmanlike. And yeah, I was looking back to the Sligo game a couple of weeks ago, and and one thing that I suppose frustrated me was Junior was playing up front and mitscogan was was on the bench and like when, when I think there was the draw in Longford was was the game before that. Uh, yeah. I suppose my my outlook on it was that you really should have sort of gone back to basics in a way and considering now the McMillan or Hoban were available, you owe the big man up front and you play off. And yeah. um, because that night there was no distinctive sort of pattern of play or or, or, or how yeah. they were gonna break down Sligo even with ten men. Whereas you look at the team selection for tonight, like you're going back to four four two. Well not back to it's a long time since the dog played four four two. Um I remember Stephen Kenny tried it for a while, um, mm. maybe around twenty seventeen, but it, it was never you know, I can't remember that whether it was Sean Connolly, even the last Dundalk manager, well Ian Foster probably um yeah. Yeah, could Pingu to Lowe, Pingu run.
2: Pingu loves four four two. Definitely, he's yeah. so fast to do the whole thing.
6: Pingu, <laughs> he was over the team one of the nights at that stage, wasn't he? <laughs>
2: Anyhow, <laughs> no, there,
6: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, but just I suppose on, on, on tonight that that worked, my Like, but it, it was back to basics. You have your if you're two players up front, um, you had two. I suppose really. You two players in the middle of the field with a very high work rate and Stanton and Sloggett probably neither, neither overly creative. That was provided by um, obviously the flanks um, Duffy and, and particularly McElhenney. I suppose McElhenney possibly struggled at times with Ian Birmingham going the other way but I suppose Nadoc were resolute defensively. Andy Boyle probably had his best game since he came back to the club. Um, so it was... I don't think Pats are anything necessarily to write home about and yes you're probably still surprised that that the dog team in the back of Monday night picked up the results because I'm not sure whether, you know, guts are in lush supply in a lot of the players. But, listen, your your, your old guard stood up.
2: Yeah. I think the the fact that, yeah, like you said, the old guy, I think, like you said, Boyle was outstanding. Shields, I know he's, he's, he's not generally at the back, but I think even the likes of Stanton in a decent match and, We've waited for him. I think we're still waiting on. We need to kind of hit kind of any kind of top form. But When I think we're back to that when Hoban, McMillan, uh, Fat, Duffy, when they all link up again and it, it's working right. You know, this obviously we need them all on the field at the one time, so you have to play the four four two. But I think when it all gels well and all looks, well, look, we went on excellent. But yeah, I agree. Like with the old guards on, it, it does kind of, it's almost reminiscent. You know, you, you can kind of bring yourself back to when we had Kenny and even Vinnie Peart, for, for what's well, a better word. But, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's good to see that they have that option now so they can play, you know, we have that. Like I said at the start, Jim Magilton and Stevie Mack made the same team as Friday night on Monday. It didn't work. So now they've gone 4-4-2. So after this, if it didn't work tonight, they're out of options. They've they've tried everything pretty much. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, at I think, that, like you say, the old guard there, you know, I, I don't know what you thought of kind of last... Monday night is probably more of a I know you I don't know if you are watch it yourself, but it goes to show that you can on your night you can probably beat anybody, but then you go into on a Monday night like that against Bowes and everything just falls apart. It's just you know, it's it's mad really.
6: It's total lack of consistency. There has been reasonably good performances at times this year, but just so many completely subpar, under par and it's it's actually interesting that you mentioned that team was the same on Monday night as as Friday night, like Dundalk having a constant or a, a consistent 11 this season like that's a complete and utter rarity and and you even reflect back like, I didn't understand, I, I don't understand that, that culture that had sort of set into the group like, you reflect back, and I was even talking to somebody about this last night, like and listen, everything probably revolves Come back to the Kenny era But you're going back to 2016 And I think this is its just a point of reference You think about the end of that year And the number of games Like they were playing, You're playing three games a week for Months, not weeks, months you, you, That was the schedule that they had to play and, and the team It's putting out arguably You know, you could use 14 players on a night And you would imagine that 12 of those Would be consistent the whole way yeah. through, like, and, and it was always, it was, it was sort of a, a theme of the Kenny era that it was, it was the same 11 the whole way through. And, and I really couldn't understand. I know we're going back a bit to, to Filippo's time, but last year, the chopping and changing like, Filippo will be remembered for qualifying for you know the, the group stages, but his league record was pathetic. And like, y- y- you can't let how can you have a team to settle, particularly when you're taking in. New players all the time. There was a, like a, a there was no preseason. There was it was non-existent practically. Like how can you let a team settle and bond and relationships form? And it, it just doesn't work if if you know you haven't got some element of consistency in in, in components. Um, now I know there has been injury issues in that and that and things probably beyond the control of those picking the team and and looking after it. Um, but at the same time, like, the, didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. It, it, like, the, there are uncontrol, there are controllables and uncontrollables, and obviously you can't control injuries. But like, in a lot of cases, you can control trying to get a spine and, and, and build a team. And this was something I I, I said before as well. Like, I don't know what Dundalk's transfer strategy necessarily is. Like, I'm not saying that. You know, Rovers are the, the model to follow. If you reflect on again, Stephen Kenny stood up when when the big player went at the end of the season. The, the towel, the Horgan, the Hoban. Like the, it was generally going out and buying a player to, to fit into those the, the gaps that were left. It's it's not a case of it wasn't a case of signing players and trying to shoehorn them in. Like when Horgan went, it was a case of getting Duffy, a, a sort of a tricky winger. Yeah, you know, less direct possibly, but maybe with a, a better delivery, arguably. Um, like when when Pat Hoban went, um, obviously McMillan was at the club, but it was a case of getting in Kieran Kilduff as, as a as a different option. Like he, he he's more in a, in that sort of hold up mold than than McMillan would have been. Like there was there was a point to this strategy. There seemed to be a logic behind the players that were recruited all the time. You think to. Rovers at the beginning of this year I mentioned earlier losing Jack Byrne um, losing Aaron and F. Like Joey O'Brien's not getting any younger. So like they were they had a style of play three five two. They took Sean Horan to, to play in a back three. He, he probably fitted that profile. Um Sean or Ronan or Bonafin was playing as a wing back last year to sign Sean Gannon. Probably not as he's probably more effective as a right foil as opposed to a right wing back. But again, he was signed to play in that position so finn could move into midfield to, to try and fill you know, mcaneff's um the the, the breach he left and then equally mandrew going up front like if you look at the signings the dark made and i think a specific example of this was Filippo played three five two last year a lot he, he was playing with two strikers like michael duffy played up front in in quite a few games last year be it with pat Hogan or, or mcmillan or, or whoever um in the in the close season the signed four strikers well obviously mcmillan and hoban were remaining at the club the same junior and Mitscogan. so straight away there you get the impression that well if you spend two up front four strikers is probably the, the pool you're looking to draw from if you know with the number of games and that but straight away it was it was a sort of like a three four three so you had really only one central striker and yeah. now, you know you're four on the books I know they might not all have been fit at the one time, but you still have four in the books. Like, Mick Gogan was taken on tal on the right wing. Like, he hasn't the physique to be a winger. No. Like, you know, he's a pace. He's, he's, he's a sort of a target man. So, straight away there, you, you question, like, in terms of the depth of midfield options, like, apart from Patrick McElhenney, um is there another sort of creative midfield option in the squad? I would doubt it. Um, right midfield has has long been an issue with Dundalk in terms of getting a consistent sort of an option there. I don't believe that's necessarily been addressed. Um, yeah, and even the, the yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, and like I suppose we we we'll touch on the players that we'll let go later, but, but even the defenders, like playing a three at the back is is a lot different. Like it's it's particularly if you're to the right or the left of it. You, You find yourself in in the channels a lot and um, the emphasis is probably to carry the ball into midfield and with the greatest respect to Sonny Nallistad, and we haven't seen enough of him does he necessarily fit that profile of a player like Daniel Cleary again is is he the sort of a player that would be comfortable carrying the ball into midfield Um, the likes of Brian Gartland probably would be we've seen that before Andy Boyle but if you're playing with three center halves, surely the profile of player you were signing you would have been better surely retaining Sean Hoare as opposed to signing Sonny Naristad. I, I don't know what the views are. I, there just yeah. seems to be no transfer strategy sort of mm-hmm. there and, and no identity. Like that that is gone. And, and like you know, that was that's a trait of so many successful teams is 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 that identity and you and are signing players to through the structure as opposed to just yeah. Signing players and trying Being to work out the structure afterwards.
3: Yeah, yeah definitely is. I th- I think what exactly what you said there. Instead of signing maybe the best players that thought was out there, you need to sign the best player for your system. But then again, you go back to the question: Did we know what our system was? Did like, like um, we mightn't have? So it looked like we were just trying to sign players off the back of reputations. Players coming in for big money when there's probably better options around the league. Um I think I think we definitely could have put pulled pull from the league before we looked across or even held on to the players we had. Like we it was criminal some of the some of the decisions that was made. Uh, but that's that's opening up the whole thing to who's making the decisions, who's signed the players. Um I don't know, like it's just it just mind boggles at times when you when you think of what what was happening before
6: yeah absolutely and and like the big question is you know what 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 could you do with that listen we're talking after a, a brilliant win tonight and you now have a break and everybody goes into it the garden's not rosy but it's certainly looking a lot better than it did at six o'clock this evening <laughs> but like you would imagine that there'll be a manager appointed before player resumes but if you're a manager coming into that setup like we mentioned that you were back to the old guard tonight like that's sort of a damn indictment that your best players are still you know our league medalists from 2014 or, or 2016 and, and all the money and the outlay that's been spent and you can't criticize Peak Six in terms of you know the the investment they've made in the playing staff, but like the wage, you know, the, the wage budget in there at the minute and, and what you're That's getting the from certain players, like like i is it I actually had a chat with somebody last night and they said like if you get a new manager in, um you Go signing players like that to be players in England, surely available that they're in their, in their off season now. Just mm. keep the players you have at the end of the season, pay them, but you can't play them. Like mm. Wilfred Zahibo, with the greatest respect to him, I'd say he's the highest iron in that dressing room. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say he's not up to it because we haven't seen sort of aptitude from him to, to see whether he, he is up to it. Um like, there has been fitness issues with a lot of players that have been signed, you know. Jordan Flores and, and Sean Murray, like, have been have shown glimpses of of what they're capable of. You go back to the game in Oriel Park against Sligo a number of weeks ago. Sean Murray was, was probably our best player that night. But like, it's it's fits and starts. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you, you you can't develop any sort of team with these players in it if they're good enough to be in it. If 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 they're injured quite a bit of the time, and then you have to question: Why are they picking up the injuries and that? So it, it it seems to be a lot of question marks and. Like, you know, it's 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 a big undertaking for whoever goes in there. And, like, regardless, if they go in and the entire process and the entire thing is built on sand, which it seems to be at the moment, that there's an entire lack of accountability. Like, nobody knows what people's roles are. Like, Jimmy Jilton just seems to be jack of all trades at the minute. Um, who's the one signing the players? Like, because by all accounts, I, I would be you know, 99.9% certain that there were three different people bringing in players at the beginning of the year. Filippo signed some of them, Jim, definitely signed some of them. And likewise with with Bill, probably, you see, with the strong cohort of Americans that are hanging about the place, like, that, like the, that's not conducive to success or no. building on anything. Like, And, and if a manager is going to come in and literally be handed players, like, here, fit them in. Mm. Like there has to be, there has to be a, you know, a proper structure in place as to the, the, the profile of player they're looking to get in. Um, I would go as far as to say some sort of a wage structure as well, because I think like if you have players in that club who have, you know, five league winners medals, um, and you know, hundreds of appearances and have a very close link to the community and 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 are really respected. And suddenly there's guys, you know, Prima Don is landing into the dressing room and twice, three times what they're on. And at the same time, you know, people that are very close to you are being let go and and their Mm. departures haven't necessarily been that amicable. There will be an element of sort of resentment in there. And it just doesn't... I don't think that that squad at the minute is going to knit together enough to get them back into europe like it's it's highly unlikely that they're going to be able to put together a run to get into europe which is obviously integral but possibly the club's short-term future um or even long-term future the cup could be your only option in that sense and that'll mean you know possibly having to throw a couple of hundred thousand of players now in, in the next month or so and even then like it's is it panic buying? I don't yeah. want to be a prophet of doom, but I I just struggle to see how this big win tonight, like it was a big win last Friday night and then it was a total disaster after it. Like, you know, w- w- would it be good now if you were moving into another week's training on the back of tonight's performance? You have, you have a sort of a blueprint of a team, a, a sort of formation, a shape, that work ethic. If you're straight into a game next Friday night instead of that two weeks, possibly that could be a negative.
3: Mm. I'm just glad we're not playing Monday night (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Kevin just looking at even the Richie Towell situation do you think he's he sort of looked at it from afar and said the way like the likes of just say Dane Massey was treated do you think he looked at that and says there was no way he's, he's going because the talk was that he'd he'd sort of agreed terms with the club, like, I know it's all hearsay and and whatever, but do you think he sort of looked at that and sort of said, no, no, I'm not going to go there?
6: I'll put it this way, Stephen, if you were offered the terms of Richie Towell if you were offered the terms by Rovers that Richie Towell was offered, I think even if the dog was a a contract offer on the table, I think he would have taken it too because I think the figures are, yeah, you know, He's TV well looked after, well remunerated. Um, nearly say, as
3: half as see he was getting, is it?
6: Well, listen, <laughs> quite, quite. Listen, uh, in terms of how, quite possibly he, he might have looked at, at the way it was going on for himself. Um, You know, maybe, maybe just suited to come home and be around Dublin more. I, I, I don't know. Like he, former teammates of his are now in Tala. Ronan Finn, well he didn't play with Ronan Finn, but Sean Gannon, for example. Um, you know, I I don't know. Rovers probably looked like a, a more sustainable, attractive proposition from the outside. Um whether that, you know, would impact on on, on Towel at this stage of his career I I I I don't know. To be honest with you, I wouldn't have been I don't I don't think that it's that Significant a player that for, for Dundalk not to have got like Towell hasn't, you know, necessarily pulled up any trees in England. He had a, he had a poor season with Salford. You get Sent off. he kicked out at somebody there recently. Uh, I get a text message through from somebody saying he'll fit right in in tallow and I seen that. Um, <laughs> so, so you know I, again I, I you know is Richie Tell the the player that's that's necessarily needed in there, like what type of player is he? He's more of that forward thinking player. I don't think he'd fit into a four four two mm. um is he better than Patrick Mcni? No chance. <laughs> no, definitely no. Like I think you're right. Like in, in terms of a, a sort of a creative footballer, definitely not. Like he he benefited hugely in, in 2015 from the selflessness of McMillan. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think. Like I, I put it this way: if Daryl Horgan was going to Rovers and you missed out on him, like I think it'll be it'll be a lot slower than missing out on Richie Tew. Like Daryl Horgan has gone away and become an Irish international. Like he's played championship football. I know Towel has done he's played championship football in England. He's played um Scottish Premiership. Like, you know, he's he's definitely had a, a more we we'll say a, a higher sort of a profile of career since he's since he's gone over. Um yeah. so I you know I Towell didn't really kick on I don't know what type of players coming back, is the hunger necessarily going to be there? Because that's something that that stood out with Towel. When he came back the last thing. you have seen him the way Jim works. Absolutely, like is that is that necessarily there at this stage? You know, he's he's probably just coming home for to see out his career, and I think Dundalk have enough hopefully. of those type of players at the minute.
3: Yeah, yeah. hopefully he is. Hopefully, all right. <laughs> yeah,
6: Kevin, I think you know for for all the seasons
0: we were in Oriel Park and uh, covering the matches, I don't think we've ever seen a time where. Dundalk football club was you know the feature of so many stories and it's all off the field stuff like have you ever seen a time like this
6: i think there was um film crew down at the train station today they had a taken a trip you know, 200 yards no, up the road they no might have the drama. um listen when when it was when you reflect back in those Days, Chris, like when the previous ownership, like Stephen Kenny, was the top man in that club.
4: All mm-hmm. the
6: decisions, football related, arguably, you know, a lot of them off the pitch, or yeah. you know, he was the one calling the shots. It was very clear who was managing the club on a day to day basis. In Martin Connolly, the owners were very much behind the scenes. It was it was a case of the they're, they're seen and not heard. Um, so like from that, like it, the club was run soundly. There wasn't the Marmarins that were coming out. It was a happy dressing room. It was, it was, it was fully functional, and that's quite obvious when when you see the the results in that. Mm. Um now again, when you lose that accountability, you look at peak six coming in. Like I reflect back, lads, on like Mike Tracy came in as as club chairman, and like when Dundalk were winning league titles and that, obviously they won three league titles under the. The previous um, ownership group. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Paul Brown and Andy Connolly went down lifting the trophy on the pitch. You know, Martin Connolly, like, obviously they would have got their pictures and all taken. But, like, I felt the night that the, the trophy was presented in 2018, like Mike Tracy down with the mic and lifting the cup. And it seemed to be trying to apply an, a, an American attitude where the owners are. Uh, you know, are a lot more um, front and center than, than than possibly is necessary, and and that unfortunately, I think has has filtered down and filtered through, and people without that haven't just simply. I don't think people that don't know that people don't know their boundaries. That seems to be the way it is. Like, there's no doubt Bill Halseyzer, as chairman, has interfered in team selection, recommended things, players have been taken in, you know, at, at short notice in terms of the management, knowing that they were coming. Um and then you look at the number of CEOs that, that, that the club has gone through, like Mal Brannigan in first and Mal was a nice guy. Like yeah. you know, I always got on well with Mal. Mark Davlin like he he was he suddenly he was here and he was gone. Like he he had very little of a profile. So you didn't know necessarily what it was he was coming in and mm-hmm. and doing. Um like there has been that many people coming and going, that type of a, upheaval surely can't um it doesn't lend itself to sort of stability um so you kind
0: of had the andy burton kind of in and exactly out of time too, you know and
6: an, an undermining the manager and um having rows with players and like it's uh, that didn't happen because everybody knew their place hmm. in 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 the previous regime uh, like You know, it just seems to be a free-for-all there at the moment. And, like, with the more people that have been recruited off the pitch, I think that the lines have become even more blurred. Like, people, it's just a jack-of-all-trades. Like, you know, if Jim Magelton is doing the job he was brought in to do, like, it's a full-time role in itself, and yet he's having to pick the team, and he has been for the last, you know, six, eight weeks. Mm. So uh, what other parts of the club is suffering because... You know, the, the the mundane tasks that are associated with his job description are being neglected because he has to look after the the team. I don't know whether I'm necessarily going around in circles. Like, Chris, yeah. the, the basic point is now that like there's no structure. Mm. You know, like for, for a long period last year, there wasn't even a board member based in Ireland. Like, yeah. you know, what is this football manager we're playing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> And,
6: and that's like led to,
0: I suppose, the, the fan protests now and fan discontent. And I suppose fans are now trying to reorganize themselves into some sort of a supporters' club. I mean, it, it's a sad state of affairs that that we've come to this. That there there has to be protests outside. That supporters feel that that's their only way that they're going to be heard
6: by this board and by the club. It
0: shows a massive disconnect, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And like you think back to the days of Trevor Anderson at the dock, like. I was looking through the old papers and there was a Dublin Supporters Club and a, and a Supporters Club based locally that were running buses and like that's when the club was in the first division and it was really sort of week by week sort of trying to to get by um, and then you think of the incredible success, there was no necessarily official Supporters Club and, and the removal of of the, the awards night and things like that, mm. uh, you know, arguably was sort of a a step away. There was there was more of a of a barrier, but all the same, the incredible success and the fact that it was such a settled team, and that a lot of the players were, I suppose settled in the local community and living locally, and were were tangible. Like Dundalk would send them out to present awards, and like even things like Pat Hope and turning up at birthday parties. Like like these players were. Were, were here for a long time. They were uh, sort of, um, as I said, that word tangible. They they, they mm. felt like they would mingle with supporters, like in the bar after games, and
5: yeah,
6: like you know, when COVID hasn't helped in, no, of in terms of 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 that link remaining, um, but certainly like the. Um, I know it stung a lot of people Sean Gannon leaving and not thanking the supporters But like the way Sean Gannon was treated I'd say it was Like it was probably The furthest thing from his mind And I I don't necessarily blame him for that Like he 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 was poorly treated from behind the scenes And some could say right he, he could have said You know bye and thanks to the fans But like You know why should he, you know, in another way of looking at it? Yeah, but, but in terms of that link, there's so many new players that have been taken in. And, like, you think back to to the fabric of, of the players in, in the great teams that we've had in the last six or seven years. Them guys come in with nothing. They had points to prove. There was that work ethic, the whole unity. They Like, they they responded to the supporters that that type of adulation was something they weren't used to. And obviously they, they fed off it and all the rest of it. Now you have players come in, some of them internationals that like supporters are probably treated as customers. Like Wilfred Zahibo coming in from America, I'm not isolating him specifically, but like it, it, it's a, it's not really a sport in America. It's a, it's a business the teams are yeah. franchises, supporters are consumers uh, as, as more so than fans like other players that have come in again, like they're just coming in to pick up the money, essentially, obviously they're, they're into play and maybe some of them are are here for, for the right reasons. But like they have no great love for, for Dundalk or the players or, or, you know, all Dundalk has given them is money. Like they have, they have changed Dundalk football club and, and what a lot of the players like Chris Shields and we'll say the Sean Gannons and that, like it's, it's made their careers. Yeah, like it's 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 given them an identity. Ultimately, and um, when you look at the success, it's given them friends for life. It's you know they've made their mark sort of in life. Um, I might be getting all philosophical here, but like they're 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 thankful that they have that link to supporters that the current players don't have, and and even if supporters were in the ground, like could you imagine like the performances they're putting in the reaction of supporters? Yeah. As it stands, and particularly, if I can mention there, no board member based in the no accountability. Jim Jilton seems to be immune from answering questions. You know, he mm-hmm. just, did, I think they, there's a feeling that there's sort of the resp- supporters aren't being respected. And um, certainly, my idea was if, if Bill Hullsides wants to continue as chairman and wants to try and repair links, um, I'd be adamant that. He should be centrally involved in in the formation of a supporters group. Um, otherwise it's just fragmented bodies popping up, you know, not necessarily representing anybody. Uh, he, I think, he has to show the willingness. Yeah.
3: yeah. I think and the I, respect. Sorry, Chris.
6: No,
5: go on,
3: The uh, sort of respect you talked about, like like Sean Gannon played the majority of his career with us, and the lack of respect. I suppose he was he was shown that. I'd i be in agreement with you. I don't I don't think he he should have well not that he shouldn't have but I don't think we we can have any issues with him not coming out and saying sorry to the fans. I know there was a certain video going around of him talking to the Rovers fan like a Rovers fan page or something. But look, I think that was just in in jest more than anything else. Like I don't think the I I don't think if you if you talk to him yourself you you'd know the love he had for the club and. What it was at the time, but like the, he's he's given his career to the large chunk of his career to the dog. Everyone everyone at the club loved him, and just the way he was treated at the end was was poor. Like a bad reflection on the club, and you were nearly embarrassed by it, you, like yourself, mm-hmm. like you know.
6: I, I don't think there would have been any doubt that Sean Gannon would have resigned had he been offered. Uh, like you know, he, Rovers in in other years had offered him more money. To go and he and he stayed with the dog. Had he been like, had he been given any sort of an inclination that he was wanted? Like Filippo clearly didn't fancy him last year, um, and he was playing players inferior to him in in, in that type of position at times. Um, like I remember one year Stephen Kenny saying I, I was speaking to him once on the night and he was saying like Rovers threw the kitchen sink at Sean Gannon, so like they were trying to tap him up for years, like and. and he stuck through it, and obviously it was—it was probably in his interest. When you see the success and Dundalk at a better team, but again, I, like other players too, like John Mountney and, and and players like that, I'd say if they had been offered terms, you know, well, suitable is a very vague word. Suitable terms, but been shown that they, they were wanted and, and there was a, a desire for them to stay. Like I don't think that any reason to leave. Gavin, I suppose
0: just as a final one for yourself, where where does this season go for the dog? Where did do they finish? You kind of touched on it earlier on about Europe. There seems to be maybe a two or three tier table forming, and um, we've got you know maybe three, four teams up there in twenty plus points that maybe are having their own little battle. Then there's between, I suppose, Finn Harps, Dundalk. Um, Bowes and Derry seem to have their own little battle is, is that really where we'll probably be and like you say it's probably down to a cup if we can get anything from Europe
6: yeah, you, you see like, there is only three European places ultimately via the league and obviously because for so long the, the league winners have been have been winning the cup then that has freed up fourth place I can see you know there being a different winner of the cup this year and, and suddenly that means that the, there's only sort of Three teams to qualify. So yeah. fourth place is probably attainable. I, I think that top three, even though Dundalk beat Pats tonight, and, and I would question how good Pats are. I, I think they're maybe just a bit ahead, like you, you Draha, or the Wings Clip tonight. Um, you yeah. know, Bose, Finn Harps. I don't think there's any question that if you were to go on paper and look at the squads, Finn Harps, Draha, Derry, Bose talk of a better team than them if they can get a run and and like they can get themselves into the top half but i think that would be about the height of maybe where where the league progress could go um but but i think it's the fact that Harps and drawder are ahead of Dundalk um well the where uh, i haven't seen the table yet but like that's a reflection on you know well run teams committed teams uh, unity and togetherness and like we don't know what guys and Doc are going to take, come July, come August. Like, yeah. I think there's there is substance to the rumours. Certainly that, that Chris Shields might possibly be leaving the club. Oh, maybe tonight changes that uh, significantly. Like Daryl Leahy, I don't know what's going on there. Um, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, for, for him not to be playing is a sort of a sin in itself. But like, if he leaves the club, he's going to strengthen someone else. Yeah. Likely a, a direct rival, so it's a long way of, of answering the question. Mid-table finish, um, I don't think they'll be relegated because how weak Longford and and Waterford are. Um, yeah. Mid-table finish, I can't see that team sort of winning the cup. Like we don't, as I say, we don't even know what it's going to look like in Fortnite's time. Yeah. Like Jimmy Zelton was talking about selling Claris you know, last Monday night, so like. Stefan could be getting the call to go back. Um, Jesus. Don't rule it out.
3: And then you're looking at a top two finish.
6: (laughs) Next year, first division. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Oh, no. Listen, you um, you could do worse than Stefan. You could have um, me. Uh,
5: (laughs) Jesus.
3: Two of us
6: could be down, actually. So. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, um, yeah, I can the compliment, them Yeah. Yeah, listen, I want to be down and dour about it. Like, I, I'd love to see them going on a run and and in isolation. I think it was mentioned earlier on with, with Alan that beating Rovers and Pats in consecutive weeks, you're like business here, but like, there's nothing to suggest that there's going to be a consistent run yeah. um, put together. And the simple fact is, we don't know who's going to be at the club in two weeks' time. That's. Yeah. That seems to be the way it is. There could be another um you know, uh, packet full of Americans could land at some stage. <laughs> nobody knows.
3: We'll ask in two weeks. We'll exactly. ask in two weeks.
0: Uh Kevin, before you go, um, you, we had a message in there from Eamon Collins wants to know, can you ask the Loud G if we can play up their new stadium whenever that's supposed
6: to be? I'm not involved in any of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> listen I'd let them in I'd let them in it's nothing to do with me I think people seem to have some sort of a thought process that I'm stopping this someone, you know basically saying you know maybe pick sex will the a new stadium at that stage don't you <laughs> yeah, not a chance two chances. or else make the club the Dublin <laughs> yeah there's probably more or of a chance to- of that or Toman be- to- <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate you coming cheers, on. Kevin. We the The season's out. Right,
6: We'd we'll love you to pop back on another time again if if that suits you. Yeah, you have to run that by the lawyers and say there'll be a few people probably contact me with some of the things they've said, but
2: they may get in the in
6: the. That's, queue that's what we <laughs> do. The podcast, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it could be worse. Could be Jerry Malone.
2: Oh yeah. Bye,
6: anyway. <laughs> Venoria. We talked to you, man. Thanks for that. Nice Thank you, you. Cheers. Bye you, Bye-bye. bye bye.
0: And yeah, look, I I think it's it's good getting the the opinion of the two lads there. And it's it's funny when they kind of form opinions similar to ourselves over the past few weeks. It kind of justifies maybe where we're where we're coming from with the inconsistencies of team selections, which, you know, not replacing quality players with maybe. um, And some of these lads could be quality down the down the line. Um, that, that, that we brought in, but it's it's hard to see right now when people are in and out and, and injuries and everything else. So it it doesn't pile up. And um, for an easy one, we'll do one last shout out for the man of the match competition. But uh it's a steamroll. <laughs> like
3: I'm not Michael even. Michael any as back. Really? Oh.
0: Yeah, I think he got one. I haven't even oh. counted your one yet, but I can put oh, it uh, down uh, now for two.
3: Uh, Hang on, I have like to the
0: comment then. Give me <laughs> <a second. laughs> uh just just so we have it but look I, I i think one thing um this week was we've seen a survey sent out by a club and uh, for feedback from supporters and um, and a lot of it seemed to be aimed around um relationship with the club and involvement in the community i mean what did you guys think of the survey
2: it's like, it's like it's it's not pointless. I won't say it's pointless, but it's it's like it's not been pointed out to them. It's it's like they haven't I remember Bill's interview with, with James Rogers, It's like and we said, like, you know, maybe he's been kept from all this stuff. Like the boys up in oriolen have been kept from all this stuff. They know. So I don't know if they're just saying, look, we will engage with the fans and we'll get it in writing that they're not happy. I don't know what it is, but look at There'll be a logic to it just in a general sense, but for me, I think it's like it, they won't be told like anything that they read can't be a shock to them, especially when yeah. they open it up. When they open it up, when they open up the floor to whatever thought you wanted, like they're going to be reading for a while. They're going to be in truth for a long time, you know. It's,
3: especially when they read mine. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, I, was, like, I was about three hours uh, filling out my form, but I, I suppose look, it, it all depends who like who who's um going to be going through this yeah who's mm-hmm. going to be uh looking at it like if it's the if it's going to be uh stephen todd and jane mcdermott then they can present valid Some and positive back. points yeah. Yeah. towards the like positive changes that can be made if it's going to be somebody else that's going to just do it like Gally said just to sort of Keep the fans happy as if they're like, you know, look, it looks like they're they're gonna have have a say in things. I don't know, like, uh, I, I, and I think if they're gonna put that out, they have to make action on it, mm. or or at least bring the points to the club to say this is what the fans are looking for. Do you know if if there's things they can do in it? If if there's positive things that they make the club better, then great. But look, if it's only a talking shop sort of thing. It's pointless, but I, I hope hopefully it's positive and somebody can do, do
0: things about it. Yeah, uh, Pingu, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, just wondering what your thoughts on with the, the survey sent out this week.
1: Uh, I mean, I just seen someone, someone comment in there that it's, it's happened. I think Eamon Collins said it's been done a thousand yeah. times before. It's look, I, I think obviously jm was on a few weeks back and and myself and steph are working um pretty close with stephen with the head in the game stuff and i think they're two good people involved uh, as slos and i think they're people that have have the supporters best interest at heart yeah um honest answer i i don't think the survey is going to make too much of a difference um just with, with everything going on i wish i was wrong with that but it's it's just, yeah it's, Look, As Eamon says We've seen it time and time again And, and there's very little Actually comes out about it um, Or comes through. There might be something But it's
0: yeah. Is so, it uh, telling Like when, when the club though, Comes out previously And says And questioned Or is there a disconnect With the community As if You know We had made this up As fans And, and the media And then they come out With this survey Is it kind of justification Then for a lot of it?
1: Yeah well I, I think Look it's when you say the club, you're you're using that very um, broadly. There, I think it's two people really that, are, that have come out and said it. It's Jim and Bill that have said that have been taken aback by the by the fact that there's a lack of community. But it's yeah, look at it's. We were talking yesterday, Chris, me and you on the phone, and it's little things like we can't do it obviously right now with COVID. But when was the last time that there was a half time game when we had fans back in the ground with underage teams? You know, it, it's things like that that I think the club has moved away from in the last few years. And that's, from my point of view, that's the kind of stuff that I would love to see because they're the next gen. And, and when I was involved in the club, Chris, and, and and when you were there, they were always seen as the next generation of the dog fans. So we give them that yeah. opportunity to play on Oriole Park. So it for for me, it's more of those kind of things, more of, the, more of the, the, the quiz nights, different things like that there. And it, this is where, look at without without uh, going over the same ground that we go over nearly every week on the pod, this is where supporters groups are needed. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what the trust, and like to be fair to the trust, that's what they were great at in the yeah. era when the likes of staff was playing and things like that. There was quizzes once a month. There was actually mm-hmm. a quiz league, if I'm not mistaken, back then, um, where they do it once a month in different pubs. Uh, we were talking yesterday about Shop Done Dog, that, you know, every time that there was someone sponsored the club, a player would have went down with Fintan Nelson and got a photograph taken. Yeah. Even in a COVID era, I, I I don't think that's too hard to do. You know, it's like the club is partnered with XXI Ice and Cafe Rocksalt. Well, all the advertising of that has happened within Oriel Park, within the confines of Oriel Park, like why why couldn't you have the new players like Abibi or or Han or any of these lads? Why couldn't you have them go out to these places and get a photograph with with the owners there in their Dundalk but, gear? It's yeah, but he he
2: dropped the coffee, so there's no point. Nah, he, he wouldn't have
1: to, he wouldn't have tonight Kelly no nope. <laughs> uh, but but you know you know you know what I mean it's like these kind of things are are what's completely gone from the club over the last few years and that that, that to me is what's very very disappointing
0: yeah and I, and and I think I, if you look at if you look at even I mean what we do on the show here like <coughs> bringing in some legends and, and, and former players like the reaction from everybody is always top class with them like that's that's you know, and I know Paddy was on on Monday saying that you know that's what they're looking to do, but that should have been done a long time ago.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. These guys
0: are held in such high esteem, and for them to be just on a you know a YouTube clip to look back on, like Alan was saying tonight that he was looking back on the ninety one game, you know, on that league that league winning um, game in Cork. You know, for but for for him to be sitting in, say, the end of McGuill with, you know, a couple of people at half six, you would get, you know, loads of people would turn up a lot earlier to go and sit and listen to him, listen to Tom McNulty, listen to Martin Lawler talk about these games. Because there's one thing to sit and watch a YouTube clip, but there's another one, someone reliving the moments that they were on that pitch when that happened. Yeah. And I see premiership clubs do that in England all the time. Um, you know, I've been over to Villa Park plenty of times where there was legends in talking and, and and I go there purposely just to just to listen to it. I'd go up yeah.
1: to or I'd go up to Oriol early if Staff McCavit would do a half hour chat before a
0: match.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, look, but look, even like what you're saying there, the little stories that like even Alan was able to tell about the Swedish jersey and mm. you know that the background of getting the hop. Like all that sort of stuff fascinates me, and yeah, like you're listening, you're like living on every word he's saying, and I, I don't know, like you, you do hold these guys up in in the highest regard. This they've they've played with the club, they've won with the club, and most of them come back. Even I heard John Gill mention on LMFM, and the, he's he's a Dundalk fan. Like even after everything that happened, like he's a out of all the clubs in the league, like he's still a Dundalk fan. Uh Rossi said it a couple of weeks ago, like something about Dundalk just gets a grip of you and there's no getting away from it. To just, you have a certain grow I've heard that word a few times this week, like for the club. So like if you could involve the fans in a meet and greet before the game at halftime or wherever it may be, I think that'd be massive. And yeah. uh, there'd be so much interest in that. Probably wouldn't get a ticket for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but well, you look, but even that's the, more, you had, But that's more to the point, though, as well, then, because then you'd make sure you were there earlier next time, or you got your yeah, ticket. You know.
3: Yeah, exactly. What Sorry, are you gonna
1: say, Dave? I was just going to say there, like if you even remember the Barry Q summer soccer schools, mm-hmm. um, every I think it was every Friday or every Thursday, because there'd be a match on a Friday, but every Thursday, yeah. the whole team. Um, would have been there to sign autographs for the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And these these are just little things. Like I, I know um, it was brought up on another podcast that the club hasn't done done enough in schools, and they were kind of corrected on that. But I th- I, I would still suggest that the club ha- hasn't done, it. you know, it, particularly in the last couple of years. And again, I know the last twelve months has been difficult. Well, yeah. it's been you, you haven't been able to do it with COVID, but even before that, just some of the stuff that the club used to do very very well maybe when we weren't having that level of success just it, it wasn't there as much and I just think the success that we've I think I said a few weeks back I feel like the success we had is papered over some of those cracks
3: mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah, even even like when you're in the marshes or something like that and one or two of the players like you bump into them I eat the kids with me and you're overtaking pictures and like that just gives you like and then i let the kids get in the picture as well after that (laughs) but but no it just gives you like even the current players like held up held up as as like sort of you know these are famous people around town and rightly so they're playing for a massive club Mm -hmm. but i definitely think there's something there that they can be doing more after after the times that's in it like you know give everyone a lift and you know that lift the players as well even as as like a, a squad player in that first division team you're going up to town you were getting recognized and people are saying hello to you and like you know signing autographs back then not not pictures like so now like the players are everywhere and i think it's massive so if, if something could be done now i agree it,
0: I, I agree I autographs no because you're on the podcast yeah
3: I, 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 had a couple of fans come up to me during the week. Sharon uh, wasn't too happy with it, but um, <laughs> she's standing she stand here beside me. No, find
0: that off air. Who come up to
3: you? I can't, I can't disclose any details. That's it. Shit, that's the shovel for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, but look, everyone, everyone's talking about the dog at the minute. Everyone wants to know what's happening. Uh, look hopefully we can we can start talking about more positive stories
0: yeah look positive results tonight Um positive result last Friday we're going into a break I, I think we just really need to see the managerial situation sorted now and um, actually just you know and um, Eamon Collins had put in there earlier on lads will Patching another two goals tonight and um, two two free kicks too as well I believe so you know, there's we can't score from a direct free kick. Have we got one of our best midfielders playing for another team this season? That I think he's
3: in. he's the most on form Anyway, he could he could be even one of the most on-form players in the league. Obviously, I've seen how many stats has he got, or how many assists has he got, and it's like he's ten. Has he? Did someone say 10? Probably, oh, probably ten? Ten assists and he three or four goals as well. And obviously, he got two tonight. I don't know. I might be pulling these figures out of the air, but I think I seen somewhere he had a goal and eight assists, something like that, um, a couple of weeks ago. And he just seems like every time Derry goal, he seems to be involved in it. Yeah. So look, I think I think Magilton actually said it'd be something that he is able to come back in July, and I think it it should absolutely be done. Hmm. Another option, and then obviously you're taking away assists and goals from Derry.
0: Yeah, and um, there you go, four and goals, nine assists, four, four goals, and nine assists. So, like, yeah, we, we'd be calling out for that in the middle of our box. The, 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 the
1: look look just added that, Chris. <laughs> when you look at the games that we just lost out on by a goal, yeah, th- those four goals would help, or those nine assists would help us
2: absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah you definitely change wins that or draws the wins and losses <laughs> the draws.
2: Yeah, just, yeah. just on patching, like if you'd have to, you'd have to nearly ask him, does he want to come back? You know, like that's like obviously he's, he, he's a dog player, he's on loan. The dog will call him back as soon as the like. He he, I, I don't know if the ins and outs of a loan move, I don't think he can say no, but mm. who, you'd have to gate someone. So, like, where, where do you put him? Don't like Sean Murray? He's you've got fats in that role, Murray. You know, Jim's talking during the week about a clear out. You can't just clear people out of a club. You like you know, you can't cut their contract, you have to pay them. Somebody's got to take them. Mm. Um but yeah, like I mean it, it would make sense to go and sign in a new player when you've got patching on the wage bill already. Yeah. Um I if I was him, I wouldn't come back. I'd stay where I am for some form and then try and get him re-signed. But the danger is if you don't take him back now, he's out for he's out of contract at the end of the year. And yeah. the obviously the dog could probably get first refusal on him, but he can say no. So it's one of them look at it whatever benefits the club at this stage but obviously you don't want to come back you'd have to seriously ask him. look if you actually want to come back and play here for six months or do you want to stay at derry because you don't want an unhappy player playing. but yeah i mean because i remember when he signed him Vinny pair was raving about him the scout report yeah. he had in Notts county and this boy was, it was a, well, he was very unlucky apparently at, at man city at the utes um but look we didn't see enough of him and that's and i think he's he's flying now because will hodge who came over from man city has gone back because mm-hmm. of the injury so i think he's getting his run now at derry and that's probably just all he needed yeah, but yeah, look at it. if it's if it's going to benefit the club and he wants to play, it, it's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, on a
0: unrelated sad note, the end of Watch Loi tonight. And um, when we look back on it for for the two half seasons that we had it, I mean, I think I think probably Pingu for yourself as someone overseas looking at the league, it's it's probably very beneficial. Well, I think there's, there's, there's need for streaming probably constantly. What do you think, Bingo?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, at watch LOI was far from perfect, but for, for someone who was watching it on the, the track champ uh, things prior to this, you know, it was it was a godsend. Um, hey, what's wrong with track champ? Hang
0: on, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but no, you know, look, it's obviously for any, any supporters that can't get to a game, uh, and I think we're living in a digital age, and hopefully now... There will be a new, uh, like by all accounts, the clubs are going to be allowed stream after for their own accord. So, I think absolutely yeah. the club should be. Uh, I would, I would gladly pay five, ten euro to to watch every match, like per game, for the rest of the season, or buy a buy an online season ticket that I can watch every home game. So, um, that's a
0: what's that? We move to LOI TV now.
1: Okay, but the clubs stream it themselves, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yes. yes. yeah. Um
1: yes. but yeah, no, look, I I think I speak for all all supporters abroad. Uh maybe not at the minute when we're not winning that many games, but hmm. I, I I got to see a cup final. that I hadn't seen any of the cup finals that we won, you know. I got to see some some big games thankfully this year. Um well maybe some some games I wasn't too thankful for, but uh <laughs> You know, no, but look. Overall, I think it was for people that can't get to get to the ground. I, I think it's a great service, and mm-hmm. and hopefully, hopefully now, because we've been crying out for it for years now. At this stage, that hopefully now the clubs will be allowed post COVID to also uh, continue that streaming service when when fans yeah. are allowed back in the ground. Because I think when you look at when you look at how Dundalk are are building a brand and hope, they want the league to build a brand, you have to be able to showcase it to, to people abroad. Mm-hmm.
2: And I yeah. think it's I think it's important even post COVID because there'll be a lot of people who won't want to return. A lot of people who won't go back to games. You know, to, to just well, start just uneasy with COVID and stuff. So you, you look to have it just as an option in general is is going to be massive. I think there's massive potential out there. I think it's advertised. Like I've seen a lot more football. I know with the podcast, obviously, you're watching a lot more. But with, mm. with the package, I've seen a lot more games than I wouldn't normally have seen. Um, but yeah, if they can keep it going, in clubs, people like yourself, Chris, I hear you do camera work. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's vital because I, there'll be a genuine lot of people that will not attend the games anytime yeah. in the future because just, just of the worry of COVID, what it's done to people over the last... Well, I think we're going to have limited capacity for some time yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a long time before we get back
0: to um, to any sort of full capacity. I'm just going to say, these are the comments coming in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> did you, you do the Bulls game, By any chance? Oh,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. i did. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, right. I suppose, yeah, be- love it. Looking back, which is a bit ironic because watch Elway, couldn't do that. And, <laughs> uh, look, it, it, it saved the purpose at the time, and I yeah. think the, it had its faults. But I think we were all glad of it because yeah. we did we we couldn't, unless you're up on the wall in Oriel the last couple of weeks, like the like the young lads, I I probably would have needed a wee boost up there. <laughs> um, but um. Look, it, it served a good purpose at the time. It had its faults. Definitely, we were frustrated at the Finn game. Maybe we weren't that the the flicked off for about twenty <laughs> minutes on the spot. Um, apart from, like it didn't have replays and sometimes it didn't show the score and the time. But look, apart from that, we got to see the game most of the time. So yeah, look, yeah.
0: and and from from early discussions that you know we've we've had with the club and stuff like that and paddy did announce it on monday that they are going to be doing a streaming service and like we will do the replays and everything that was there for the Bulls match it would be multiple cameras again with commentator and, and co-com so we'll try to get as good so as well for, where
2: do you want me and Steph for a comment then just just sure we just go up a bit halfway just, yeah just make your own way up there pal
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> look i'll do the legend legend speaking and <laughs> legend speaking. Then come in for the commentary whenever you want. Fla- Flannel's out of a job soon.
0: <laughs> sure, you be delighted now that he's just commenting in. Oh, look,
3: look. <laughs> the, sc- the schooligans!
0: I'm going to put a bit of manners on them, boys. Exactly. Exactly. Um, look, I, I suppose coming into this break now, how do we assess... How like, We sum this up fairly quick because we won't go on in too depth because I think we've covered enough and um, tonight and over the past few episodes but look we're coming to a break in this so it's a time to assess where we are as a club what we need to do better for me i think the number one priority now is just let's get this managerial thing sorted one way or the other and um, we can't we can come back Daniel
2: Chief, we won't be involving yeah we can't can come back from a break without a manager like it's just no, not. it's just not it just it, it, it if we a manager when we come back jim magilton needs to go as well it's ridiculous. Like, how many CVs you need to see? Like, mm-hmm. pick someone. Like, it's 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 borderline. It's it's pure ignorance. Like, if, if he said he's inundated with CVs, right? Like, let's have a look at them. Like, yeah. You know, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I really don't. Yeah, like, like we should be looking for the top managers, but top managers might not apply. So you, you're going to have to just not settle, but what are we now are we touching on seven weeks with no manager
5: yeah
2: like you know and technically we didn't have a manager for the last six months either so mm-hmm. we haven't had a proper manager since we've here. like it, yeah. you know it, it just doesn't make sense it, it just I just don't understand look I guess they're looking for Shrek and someone like you know and look there's a perfect comment Ian Sharpton if he's going to take the manager up, let's announce it so at least we know right this is what we're dealing with and he Would knows do, what he's dealing with staying on no but <laughs> That's <laughs> if he if he wants it. That's I fine it up, pal, so No, I, I think we, no. We need to go get a manager. We need to go get someone. Yeah. Because I think I think everybody's too close now. I think it's gone to it's gone too far. Don't What, it, what do you
1: take? What do you take? Ali, you were there, your mate coming out today saying he'd be happy to come back in. Even though it's not a come and get me, I'm not allowed to say his name. Steph won't let me. <laughs> yeah,
3: look. If he was him, he'd definitely be going after himself, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I to I, work like, that one out. That would be looking, Vinny. Look it's, it's at <laughs> my, choi- my choice. I for it's choice. It? I, I was sure. Look, like, I was sure David Healy was coming in. So, like, what do I know? But that's, I, I don't know. I don't know who I look. I, like we said before, I don't envy Jim's job. I don't envy having to wade through CVs and stuff like that. But there has to be somebody on that list that is good enough for this job. There has to be. It, it, it's inconceivable that there's not. And I don't, I think there is. And maybe, maybe they're too strong of an image and they don't want somebody coming in, maybe. Pulling rank, I don't know, but if we don't have a manager series, there needs to be serious heads wobbled up there. I don't know, I can't, I, can't, I just can't fathom it. I just, can, I ask,
1: can I ask everyone a question now?
2: If you can wrap this up in the next five minutes, you can, yeah. <laughs> well, just, the two just, oh,
0: when just, uh, uh,
1: when you read, uh, or when you hear Vinny's remarks today, would you honestly take him serious given what he said when he was let go? Would you still seriously consider him for the manager's job saying that he wants it now and things weren't that bad at the time? But at the time, I believe he said that, you know, there was that interference or there was the attempt to interfere in team selections. Would no? Would you take someone back knowing who knows what they're walking into? That's yeah. a
3: valid point, Dean.
1: I'm asking a question, Steph. Will you answer? Yeah, that? no, I would.
3: There's no. You'd you take him back. I, would you, in would you hobby, take If
2: any job, if any job, if any wanted a job tonight. <laughs> And he wanted it, and he was able to go tomorrow, yeah, because he's proven he can. He's proven at this level. Like, if, if you go through the manager very quickly Stephen Kenny, Pat Fenland, Liam Buckley, who else has won it? And Michael O'Neill in the last 15 years, 12 years, we've won a league title. There's nobody, nobody, Bradley, but Stephen Bradley, but we're not going to see Bradley from, 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 from Champ of There's nobody else. So, K- Kenny's at Ireland, Michael O'Neill's at Stoke, Pat Fenland's at Linfield. Just get him in, let's go
4: but exactly. it all
3: it all unraveled very very quickly um with any and yeah, he'd, like, he'd have to he'd have to he'd have to mend some bridges before he came back in if that was even a possibility
2: but that look that's management that's look at that's the decision for jim and Vinny. that's you know like that's that's what that's life do you know like no i, I like and this is coming from someone who's not a fan of managers go back in in general but i do think in this instance that he's a man for the job Provided they haven't got anybody lined up, which I don't think they do. It's pretty obvious they don't. But do you think he's going to be let manage?
1: Or do you think he just wants the job and he'll just take
2: it? I don't think he's an idiot either. I think he'd be saying, "Look, this is the way it's going to go." Like you know, I don't think he's an idiot.
3: Why? Why look? Why is he not? Why is he not got another job since? It'd be my big question like he's he was with the biggest club in Ireland or one of the biggest clubs in Ireland. That is it was he waiting for the dog job to come back around again or did he not think the right opportunity came around or was he not hired for some positions he applied for? That'd be yeah, my big so.
2: like he was heavily hey, linked he to the Pat offers didn't he? He was heavily linked with the Pat's job. I remember talking with before donald got it, but then like why isn't anybody working? Like you know like but yeah, surely he's,
3: he's been at the biggest club in Ireland, and then he doesn't have a job since.
1: Yeah, he said he's been talking to clubs outside of Ireland too.
3: How long he? How long's he? I, I don't know. Like I don't know his personal situation, but I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in agreement of him coming back after the way it ended up and whatever. But look, every everyone has an opinion, and that's why that's... it's so good. Like even hmm. if yours is wrong, Ali.
2: <laughs> well well if, so, if somebody Can give me A more decorated manager
3: I'll, Apart from Jim McGinnis oh.
2: Apart from Jim McGinnis <laughs> the <more You> know, <laughs> like, available. Who's available And who openly said They want the job There's nobody Nobody yeah. And like John Flanagan He would need assurances Of course Anybody comes into that job But Jim McGilton As a sporting director Who's been sitting in the dugout For seven weeks Is going to need assurances It's going to be a tough gig For anybody Yeah But they need to get They need to really get it sorted Because I think that's I think that could that could be worth an extra eight, nine, ten points at the end of the season. Just having an actual manager in. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: can we do a man in a match competition, lads?
2: Andy <laughs> Boyle, game
0: over. Right, Andy Boyle from Galley. Steph,
3: Andy Boyle, with in- a chef for Val. Uh, Andy Boyle,
0: Andy Boyle, right, clean sweep. It's it's Andy Boyle across it across everybody here and. Um, so random person, hang on. Comments. Do, 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 do. Andy Send Andy the pizza to
2: David Mark because I bet you feels robbed. Uh, Daniel Shields. Daniel Boom. Shields. Daniel Shields got rid of my hair last week. So yeah. Denny's definitely got a pizza for that. <laughs> definitely get a pizza. He <laughs> you can get an
0: extra. He can get an extra topping. <laughs> yeah. Um. As a point of order for tonight and um, just to wrap up like we normally would we'll have a quick look at the table and um, just going into the break so we have Sligo um obviously still top um after the win tonight so they're on 31 points followed by Shamrock Rovers still to play tomorrow 27. Uh, Pat's behind then on 25 points Drogheda in fourth 22 points Fifth is Finn Harps, 18 points. as I said. I think we're a little league down here on our own from fifth to eighth is nearly its own little light So you've got Finn Harps on eighteen points, six places, Bowes and 17 points, um, with a plus five goal difference. Then it's us um in seventh, seventeen points with a minus one goal difference, and then Derry, 17 points as well, minus four goal difference, and then Longford and Waterford cut adrift. Um Below, so I think I think there's starting to be formed something here with it, with everybody in the greens on that. That unless
2: we're saying something happens, hats and draw it out, There's no way, but I mean, even you, even when you look at their 17 point, like it, it's there. Like if they get a run together, I know we keep talking about this run, but I think a manager's going to need to come in and get this run going. I don't think the boys up there can get this run going, and that's what they, no, if, if nothing else, let's get the party going. No manager, no party. Let's get on
1: the book. It's probably it's probably the next two games. I think someone said earlier is Waterford and Longford. Like yeah, those yeah. those those two games are must win. You yeah. know because they're the games that obviously we bet Waterford, but we only drew at Longford. We have to stop beating the teams around us. You know, and when when you look at the table, we're probably we're probably right. The league's gone, but we're not out of the race for a European spot. Um. It's going to be hard work to get there, but we start. We have to start winning the games against any any of those bottom teams with us. You start. You're eight points them. off third, though. Eight points off third, is that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I, think,
2: I think I think four's the spot, is it? I think it's probably realistic. Yeah, but that's only European spot if one of the top three has won the cup. Yeah.
1: Well, when you look at it, we took we took four points off Pat's. So if we can beat everyone below Pat's. And we played them again once more. I mean, you give
0: yourself a chance, yeah. you know. And if we won it, if we beat everybody in the league, we'd be top. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's you know the, what, what I'm That's saying. the positivity yeah. we need, Chris. But you, know, saying, you know what I'm a... saying. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah. we, we need to start beating those teams around us.
0: Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right. We it's are it's going into the break, guys. <laughs> we probably will definitely have a special been good this is
1: happening yes yeah we're hoping to have the special next friday for the 2008 squad uh steph has hopefully uh called in a few favors from a few lads but uh yeah Mm -hmm. we'll announce something early next week um for that and we'll we'll celebrate the promotion winning team of 2008 yes
0: love it right so we have it we have a few so we have one guest it'll
1: be (laughs) stephan mckever
0: i'm crazy (laughs)
3: Geller's <laughs> yeah. Killer. mad to come back on. Tony loves us. Like from the boatyard. Yeah. <laughs> the shipyard.
0: Exactly. Right. We're coming very close to the two hour mark, lads. Let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks everybody for um watching tonight, for commenting in. Loads of comments again. So thanks everyone. And the podcast seems to be growing um each week in. So thank you everybody for that. Thanks to our two guests tonight, to Alan O'Neill and to Kevin Riley. Uh, thanks lads for popping in um, as usual we all missed the limo tonight pingu but i'm sure you're in it yeah <laughs> and we leave our last word up to steph steph no fats no party right now